from API. This is Energy Tomorrow Radio, your source for information and conversation about the most important energy issues of the day. Welcome to Energy Tomorrow Radio. I'm Jane Van Ryan. Today we're going to address an urban myth, one of those old saws that we all hear rather frequently and never question. This myth involves the quality of the air we breathe every day. And to give us the facts, we've invited Rich Trupeck to join us on the telephone. Rich is a principal consultant at Mustardi Platt Environmental, which is a consulting firm located in Oak Brook, Illinois. And Rich is also a blogger who specializes in science and the environment. Welcome, Rich. Thank you, Jane. It's a pleasure to be here, and I'm looking forward to our discussion. Good, good. Well, I think you'll be able to clarify a number of points for our listeners today. So let's start with the basics. Now, Rich, we have more people in the United States than ever before, as well as more cars. So isn't it true, then, that the air is dirtier than ever? Well, Jane, you know, that's, that is the general impression I think most people have. But when you look at EPA statistics, and if you go on the US EPA website, if any of your listeners go there, they can find uh, this graph. They have a fascinating graph that, tr- that traces uh, air quality between 1980 and today, and also looks at vehicle miles traveled, um, growth in uh, energy consumption, um, growth in the economy. And what you see is where we travel twice as much today as we did in 80, and the economy has grown about twice as much, the six principal air pollutants have, all, have decreased by more than half over that time. And that's been a continuing trend ever since the Clean Air Act was put in. The air has continually gotten cleaner, and it's cleaner today than it ever has been in the industrialized era. So it was the Clean Air Act that made the air clearer, better to breathe? Absolutely. Yeah, that um, and then the original Clean Air Act in 1970 and then the amendments that were passed in 90 um, made significant inroads into cleaning up the air. But the Environmental Protection Agency continues to tighten regulations governing ground-level ozone and other pollutants. Isn't that a sign that we continue to have air quality problems? I think it's more of a sign that we have this regulatory beast to feed. And I will in- I'll include myself in that because my job exists because of that regulatory beast that needs to be fed. So if at some point we would have said, this is what clean air looks like, and we're never going to change it, we would basically be, we would have been done a long time ago. But every time we meet one air quality goal, um, the agency uh, dialed it down. There's a lot of people in that bureaucratic structure who um, are engaged in that, who are engaged in continually dialing down the targets, and that's really what is reflected in all these new standards. So that feeds into the myth and keeps it so pervasive, I guess, across our, all of our communities. I mean, the government isn't telling us, except perhaps on the website, that the air is cleaner. And why don't they do that? Again, I, I think it's both a matter of self-preservation. Um, I, it's hard to justify funding this massive bureaucratic structure that we have in in form of not only the national U.S. EPA, but all the state-level agencies, if you say, you know what, we really don't need to do anything more than maintain anymore, Um, there there needs to be work to do. And that that sounds, I think, harsher than than I mean it, because 
I think a lot of the people in the agencies are, are good people who understand that we have done a lot, but they're getting push from you know both sides, from industry who's saying enough is enough, but also from very active environmental groups who are always demanding more. Um, and the agency tries to walk a middle line, but in fact what that middle line really is is continually revising the standards to demand more and more. A recent Supreme Court ruling gave the EPA the authority to regulate greenhouse gas emissions, including carbon dioxide, under the Clean Air Act. How could that affect air quality? If we think in terms of the traditional pollutants, what we call the criteria pollutants in the business, it really won't affect it at all because the machinery in place that is currently reducing the amount of NOx that's emitted, nitrogen oxides or sulfur dioxide, um, that's not going to change no matter what we do about greenhouse gas emissions. Those numbers are going to continue to drop. Now, there could be an effect on the greenhouse gases themselves based on that ruling, but what that effect is, I, I, I think it will be negligible in terms of effect on the environment in terms of concentrations of greenhouse gases, I think it will be a bureaucratic nightmare. I think the biggest effect will be on industry and on the economy. There are a number of other bills under consideration right now that also could affect the concentration of carbon dioxide in the air, but do you see those actually helping somehow, or, or again, is this just overkill, perhaps? I, I think given the state of greenhouse gas regulation in the country right now, it is completely overkill. Um, it's a little-known story, and, I, and I'm not quite sure why, that we have put into place a lot of mechanisms to reduce greenhouse gases right now. There are three big regional programs, the, greenhouse, uh, the Regional Greenhouse Gas Initiative on the East Coast, the Midwest Greenhouse Gas Accord in the Midwest, and the Western Cli Climate Initiative on the West Coast, all designed to reduce greenhouse gas emissions as much or more than uh, national cap and trade would. There's also renewable portfolio standards in many, many states that effectively do the same thing. They require continually reducing the amount of use of fossil fuels. So between all of that, when you did the math, which I did, more than three-quarters of the country is already committed to greenhouse gas reductions, massive greenhouse gas reductions. That being the case, I don't see any reason to further complicate the structure with some kind of a national cap-and-trade or to have EPA regulated through the Clean Air Act unless, unless it's about something else, which, as you know, there's, there's a lot of money in these programs and these greenhouse gas initiatives. And if it's about the feds getting their piece of that pie, that's a different story. But in terms of reducing greenhouse gases, I don't see it's going to make any difference at all. And what could possibly be the impact on the economy, on jobs, on all of us who live in this country? Well, you know, we talk about the carbon trading programs as cap and tax, and I think that's exactly right. And when you start to increase the cost of energy by effectively laying a tax on it, I think it's going to have an immense impact on both the economy and jobs at a time when we really can least afford it. Rich, the oil and natural gas industry believes that the Clean Air Act simply is not suitable for regulating greenhouse gases. What's your opinion? Um, my opinion is it's, it's definitely unsuitable, and, and interestingly, it's also U.S. EPA's opinion. Um, when you look at what Lisa Jackson has written 
in terms of regulating greenhouse gases uh, under the Clean Air Act, Lisa being the U.S. EPA Administrator, of course. Um, she recognizes that the universe of sources that should be regulated under the Clean Air Act it exceeds one million, which is a massive undertaking. Now, to get around that, uh, the U.S. EPA has passed the uh, or promulgated the tailoring rule, which says, well, rather than have a major source be a hundred tons of of uh, CO2 emissions. We're going to say a major source for purposes of greenhouse gases is 25,000 tons, which is great, but that's not what the Act says. And there's serious question whether a regulatory agency can change the plain meaning of the statute. I don't think Lisa Jackson, I don't think US EPA, I, don't, I know state EPAs do not want to regulate greenhouse gases under the Clean Air Act because it's going to be a bureaucratic nightmare. Um, I think it would freeze the system in the case of many states that are already understaffed. And it would have a trickle-down effect on industry that industry then would not be able to make the normal changes and get the normal permits through that they would want to and that they, they need to do to continue to progress. So I think it would be a disaster. But at the same time, nobody wants for the air to get dirtier, so we don't want to abandon all the good that's come from both regulations and from voluntary pollution reductions. So in your opinion, how should the U.S. continue to protect air quality? I think at some point, and I think the point has passed, we need to say we have achieved our goal, that the air as it looks today and the standards that we have applied, that we have achieved are clean air. And if you do that, then you say, okay, agency, your job is not to uh, continue to dial down the standards, but to maintain what we have achieved and prioritize your efforts towards the biggest sources. And quite frankly, the biggest sources, the vast majority of air pollution is related to the power industry because we're a fossil-powered nation and to um, cars and trucks. And if we focus on that and stop looking at uh, spending an enormous amount of resources regulating um, very small, in the scheme of things, industries, I think we'll save a lot of money. I think we will have as clean a country as we have today, which we should be very, very proud of for what we've all achieved um, in cleaning up the air and making this such a remarkable success story. Rich, thank you so much for setting the record straight on this very complicated and extremely important issue. Thank you for joining us on Energy Tomorrow Radio. My pleasure, Jane, and I, I very much enjoyed it. Thank you for joining us on Energy Tomorrow Radio, brought to you by the people of America's oil and natural gas industry. For more information about this podcast or to submit questions for future shows, visit energytomorrow.org. That's energytomorrow.org.